Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. you are welcome to the episode of sheologians we're here today to put the her in ministry <laughs> good thank you <clears throat> my name is summer yeager and i'm here with my beautiful co-host joy and joy i have wanted to ask you this question for five days okay i thought about it five days ago <laughs> and i was like that's it joy is gonna tell me okay if i'm right or wrong okay so there's a lot writing on all this. right okay okay are you ready here we go okay so, is there, Matt Walsh started talking about this a couple years ago. He, okay. he actually believes, and then I saw a meme about it, and somebody shared it, and I disagreed heartily. A lot of people say a litmus test for whether or not you are a person of good character <laughs> is that you return your shopping cart to the corral. Okay. They make this argument because it's a victimless crime if you don't, um, because you're not damaging property. No one's there to tell you to do it or not do it. Um, It's socially acceptable to leave it or return it. So this is really the litmus test for your character. Now, I have a strong opinion on this, and I can lead with that, or you can just tell me, how much or how little do you agree with that assessment? Okay, so one is one would be disagree strong like strongly, strongly disagree. disagree. And two is disagree. Three is neutral, four is somewhat agree, and five is strongly agree. Um I think I'm a four. Somewhat I somewhat agree. agree. Okay. Well or maybe I'm like a four and a half. Okay. You're um, over there. Except for, You're over there. Yeah. Yeah. I think in general, you putting the cart away says a lot about um, your, like how conscientious you are mm-hmm. of the workers and then other people that will be using the parking lot or the carts. Uh-huh. So yeah. people who are responsible for the carts and yeah. people. But I mean, obviously like some places have a cart corral system that sucks like true what if you have three kids and you Uh only have your store only has two cart corrals and they're up by the entrance right it's like are you asking me to leave my cart in the (laughs) in the parking lot lot because Uh right you know yeah but i think for the most part what they're saying is generally Mm -hmm. generally there are enough cart corrals but Mm -hmm. for whatever reason people just leave them. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. I'm typically not either. And uh, there's a reason why I agree that there would have to be something motivating someone's desire uh-huh. to elongate their parking mm-hmm. lot time, elongate yeah. their shopping trip, elongate yeah. my kids screaming. Right. You know? Um, yeah. So I do, th- I do think that even in the hardest or easiest of circumstances... 
I think, but a litmus test is really either or. So I don't, right. I don't think litmus test is the See, right. People tend to come down very, very strong yeah. on this. Yeah. Like you do it and you're a good citizen. You don't do it. You're a bad citizen. Right. Like uh, I broke the ultimate rule of litmus tests, which is I asked, you, I asked you <laughs> to split up a two answer yeah, you test into five parts. <laughs> so I already broke, I already, yeah. t- that should tell you kind of how I feel how about feel if about I it. actually think it's, maybe right. people are getting hung up on the, does it show your character? But I guess ultimately, right. no, it's not, a lit- it's not yes or no. It's not yes or no. No, I agree. Okay. So typically... I, I am super no, big. No, I think you should put your shopping cart right. away. So I'm super big on you should be conscientious. You should, if you're out and about around other people, you should be aware of your surroundings. Right. You should do these things. Yeah. Um, because I think it demonstrates love for neighbor. But I also think there's a big element of mind your own business in this. Yes. Actually. I don't think I would. I'm not the type of person that um, like sees someone leave their cart and yeah. is like, Hey, you loser. Yeah. Wow. Look at this I'm gonna jerk. I'm going to cost you. I bet in... your home life sucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I think, I think, uh, this is one time where mitigating factors should be taken into account. Yeah. And, and, you know, so if you've just gotten like a phone call that your brother was in a car accident. Right. I don't expect you right. to like care about your cart right. in that moment yes. and I don't think that makes you a bad person no but also I I experienced I thought about this because like the day that Matt Walsh started tweeting about this um was a, a day where I I did not turn my cart back in and here's why okay <laughs> okay so it was um it was 117 degrees that day and I had to go to the grocery store I had to go to the grocery store with a nine-month-old and a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also the day that news had broke that, like, multiple targets throughout the valley, like target stores, mm-hmm. um, that people were making kidnapping attempts at these targets throughout the East Valley. I don't know if you remember this. This was three summers ago. Interesting. So I had to go. I was on high alert because... Right. Like two, three different outlets have reported that these these women were in parking lots and other women were trying were to, trying to steal cow. their babies. So, OK, it was 117 degrees, which means by the time I got back to my car, it was easily 130, 140 degrees in my car. Right. I have a nine month old sitting in a metal slash plastic right. cart. Mm-hmm. And then I have a three year old who I'm trying to keep by my side because people are literally at targets right like trying to trying kidnap to kids. Snap, yeah and so i had this moment where okay my cart's unloaded and now i have to make this decision right. mm-hmm. do i stay longer in this parking lot with the heat coming off the pavement it's like 125 degrees yeah <laughs> um and i've got these small infants and crazy things are happening in parking lots and it's just me and my two small children right do i if I put them in the car, I can't, I can't put them and leave them in the car right. because it's literally like 130, 140 right. degrees in yeah. there. Um, it hurts. Like that temperature hurts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't put them in the car, buckle them in, turn the car on so the air's running right. and leave the car there. Because you're basically just asking. Asking for them to be yeah. kidnapped. Right. So I was in this situation where I was just like, I'm in a no win scenario right, right. right now. Now I could have inconvenienced myself by walking all the way back to the cart thing and then walking all the way back. It's true. I, yeah. I could have done that mm-hmm. with the nine month old and the right. toddler 
and the people kidnapping children's right. <laughs> Target parking lots yeah. and the 120 degree heat. Right. I could have done that, but I didn't. It's fine. I came to a moment where I was like, you know what? Some 17 year old kid is getting paid money to be out here. Right. <laughs> moving carts. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that we should just like not never be conscientious. But I right. also just felt like there's some scenarios where I don't have to feel bad for this. Right. And that day, that scenario, I didn't feel bad. Well, because even then, there's a proper way to discard. Right. I didn't just like shove improperly. it in the middle of the. <laughs> so even though it's improper to to leave it, there is a proper way to improperly leave it. Right. Which is like put it I up on a curb so it's not going to roll into roll somebody's into car. car or don't leave it right in the middle of a parking spot that's right. close I didn't, to the front. I didn't take up any parking spots. So I just felt See, like... See, maybe that's, maybe that's the litmus test is like, how did they leave it how there? How did they leave it? Right. And also just mind your own business. Right. Like if you're a healthy person on your own, not dragging other people to the store and you can start your car before you get mm-hmm. to it. Like, maybe mind your own business right. when you see someone not returning the cart. Right. And also, if you... sometimes... I mean, sometimes parking lots are interesting. Well, I... There was one night where I sat and, like, blatantly watched this guy uh-huh. talk to this woman who was trying to get into her car yeah. with her groceries. Yeah. And I don't know if he was panhandling or whatever. Right. But she was so uncomfortable. Yeah. She was holding her groceries, so she did not want to turn her back and, like, put... Put the groceries, groceries yeah, in the she car. didn't want to turn it back on him. But yeah. she was halfway in her truck, like right. halfway, her leg was in already. Right. And she was just like, yeah, uh-huh, fine. Uncomfortable. And so I sat there and I made eye contact with this guy right. for like 30 seconds. Uh-huh. And then he walked away. Right. And I don't know. You don't know. Just let that girl leave her cart. Yeah, let her <laughs> or leave use her... it as a weapon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, it is a... You know, but you weren't, so you weren't minding your own business for someone's benefit in that moment. Like you're letting this person know this scenario. As a a true crime junkie, I tend to have very little um, tact when it comes to (laughs) seeing like if I feel like another, and obviously, you know, I'm not a feminist or any, or even leaning that direction, but not even, she's not even close. You guys, if I see someone that's uncomfortable, right. I'm just. Yeah. But that, ha- like, so if you're a dude, maybe, and again, I'm not crying intersectionality here. Right. But if you're a dude, maybe you don't understand that, mm-hmm. like, I, I, she got a weird feeling because someone blah, blah, blah. And right. Well, so I mean, she- at the end of the day, if you're a woman alone in a parking lot and a guy, a guy will overpower you. You're just 100%. Right. Yeah. I am very aware when I'm alone in a parking lot right. of the people around me. And if you're a dude right. and you try to talk to me, just expect that I'm probably very skeptical of you and wondering if I have a weapon right. because yeah. I don't know you right. and I don't know. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to listen. You know, I've given people food in parking lots. And, and we're not all crying oppression. No, either. we're not demanding a reform on parking lots. No, culture. I'm pointing out that we are the weaker vessel. <laughs> right. And you should expect us to live in the world like we are the weaker vessels right because we are and sometimes that means we will leave a cart sometimes i'm gonna leave a cart and sometimes i'm gonna wonder if i need a knife and sometimes i'm gonna give someone food <laughs> right the last time on and that's the truth the last time somebody approached me um in a parking lot i gave them all the food that i had but i was still like am i do i need 
do right. I need a weapon mm-hmm. or what yeah. what's gonna happen or you know what I mean so right. that's just the reality of being a woman right. and it has nothing to do with oppression uh, no. <laughs> it just is what it is no. like any any average dude could totally take me out if you wanted well, to and even like <laughs> even just having kids her your attention is yeah. your attention is elsewhere and oh George is having so much fun right now I could hear her that was a really happy <laughs> scream anyway you answered my question I'm glad that Good. we can leave some room in so there so everyone go tell Matt Walsh just kidding <laughs> if you could all tweet no don't do that not a litmus hashtag not a litmus test oh my goodness Matthew's looking at us yes we're almost done yeah this is just our intro <laughs> We only have three hours left of this, Matthew. Yeah. We didn't record two episodes. <laughs> we had a phone, we had a 10 minute oh, phone conversation. Yeah. Should I just introduce that right now? Yeah. Okay. So as you guys know, we had a contest, a design contest for people. If you guys wanted to be a part of the Sheologian store, which is coming very soon, by the way. <laughs> um, and so we talked to our winner, Dane Wilson, and here's our phone call. Dane Wilson, welcome to Sheologians. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I, it might be a little windy. I'm get, get, getting in my car. I was just dropping off a, a TV and right in the dance water to, for my wife and her, the second graders to watch. Oh, no big deal. Just helping out the women and the children, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is this audio okay? Yeah, you sound sounds so. good to us. Yeah, you sound okay. totally fine. I sound fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Just like your design that I have questions about. <laughs> yes, please, please ask away. <laughs> okay, well, just number one, I'm Summer. That's Joy. Hello. And congratulations Hello. on blowing your, just all opposition out of the water. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. A lot, you know, good, good support, good support team. Yeah, clearly. So. You had a lot of support. So... Tell us, um, I, I mean, I have questions. So, so for the listeners that, yes, d- that don't know, you are the design contest winner and you're, remind us of what your shirt said. Tell everybody. So my shirt said, um, what, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's see. Let me, let me rack my brain. No, it said, um, feminism in, in large capital letters. It's what's for dinner. It's what's for dinner. So that's the, that's that's the tagline, and obviously that could be taken different ways. But the the way that I meant it to be taken was uh, that you know feminism is going to get eaten up. Right. <laughs> that, that was my that was my fantastic fantastic uh, inspiration uh, uh, inspiration at three a.m. So. <laughs> <laughs> 3 a.m. Yeah, I, I like was, that. 3 a.m. thoughts. I was dedicated. I was dedicated. <laughs> so, I mean, as a man, do you find that you think about dinner often? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I also think about lunch often. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, probably, I mean, breakfast is one of those meals that I don't, I don't usually eat unless it's like Saturday. Right. So, Lunch and dinner are the meals that I'm like, you know what? That's probably why I was thinking about dinner at, at that three in the hour. morning because <laughs> I wanted another one. I, n- I needed another dinner. 
<laughs> so I saw um, we we are also friends with um, Jake over at Canon, and I saw that he yep. was he was really <laughs> pulling um, for your design to win. Um, he really was. So he was one of my 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 strongest supporters. <laughs> he was. Yes, he was. Um, I saw multiple times him trying to get people to um, vote for you. I feel that you had a lot of support up in Moscow in the uh, the whole voting system. Is that an accurate feeling that I have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did have some some help from Guam as well. So as, oh. as you know, Ren uh, Ren Carolino and his family uh, definitely hopped on the, the bandwagon to, to show their support. Perfect. <laughs> so, so Wonderful. They, they had a little text, a, a group family text, you know, checking in, making sure um, <laughs> that everyone was voting. <laughs> so there's some good screen grabs that he had. It, he's our, one of our marketing uh, guys at Canon. So he, he had his, his uh, family from Guam all in. Wow. This is really a it worldwide an, yeah, contest. International effort. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, th- there was definitely a lot of support, but but there's also yeah, it, it was it was fun. It was a fun fun contest, so. What do you uh so you're a man, obviously. Uh how do you Clearly I am a man. How do you um plan on spending <laughs> these winnings did you enter the contest for someone else or what's the plan you know this is a good this is a good question this this uh it happened once upon a time um there was a so i came into work one day and i popped into the marketing room and jake mcatee was on his computer and and james ingerbretson as you all know yes was also there and they were they had just found the sheologians design contest and they were they were talking about it and then i was like i'll do it (laughs) i'll do it (laughs) (laughs) kind of kind of kind of not jokingly but kind of jokingly Uh and and then i was like and then they were like oh you know kind of kind of you know ignore me a little bit but also was like thought it was pretty funny and then then i was like well yeah no if i win you guys buy me lunch yes great good i knew this was all Ooh. about food i knew this was all about so, food so <laughs> it had to be because i was like okay well at first it was like beer like you guys buy me beer but then i was like okay well let's do let's do lunch that sounds better <laughs> let's, let's add some food in the mix <laughs> right right so so yeah it was it, it, it was it all started from a bet and I needed to win, so. Fair enough. Well, you did a so, great job. So, you really did well. Yeah. Well, thanks. I mean, the the whole, I mean, because I've met you, Summer, at, at least once when you came up to do a soft serve. I was in the room when you were doing a soft serve. Uh, gotcha. And press soft serve video. Yes. And I know you had mentioned uh, the, I, I, I know there's a huge brick building in Moscow that had lightning bolts. And yes. Fifth. Uh-huh. In there and you were very you were very like that that that's us that's right what a so, strange detail to remember <laughs> well i just remembered it either you posted it and i saw you post it mm-hmm. and i was like okay well i need a lightning bolt in the logo that's right at least at least at least one uh-huh. nice. and i tried you know and there's a i did try using a fist there but i was also like well that's I said, my, my my design did change over time 
Right. Okay. It okay. started. It started. It started with like actually having the Sheologian's name. I have different design concepts. I could send them to you if you wanted, but. Hmm. Well, I have yeah. already seen. I've already seen what our designer has done to okay, put good. your shirt in <laughs> the store. It. So your shirt is going to be in the store. Um, Sweet. I'm pretty sure so it's going <laughs> to be. Yeah. So um, you know, I can't I, wait to see it on someone in Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is this is what those winnings are for. Right. right. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be buying shirts for all of them can yes. employees good good they need it we and, did we are selling a unisex you know, maybe, shirt maybe, so the men can getting, wear may, <laughs> maybe getting the guam family a bunch of shirts yes right cool. Good, good. very cool well i will make sure but, to get you your gift card um when the store launches so make sure you've been really good about responding to emails actually thank you for that i appreciate that we're gonna get that to you oh yeah and um thanks so much for joining the contest and congratulations thank you very much and it was a pleasure talking with you and i think the uh you know um it's uh the 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 winnings will be spent wisely oh good good good, good. good. i'm very Maybe glad I'll to get hear my that. wife a shirt yes please do please yes. <laughs> please do that for her <laughs> please, please do also as as just another idea just to throw this off at the end of this is here's one more concept you do you do one shirt and you say at the top above the shirt you and you have a picture of you and joy summer and joy and you guys have like black eyes kind of like look a little bruised a little little bruised but then it says, what happened at the top? And then below it says, you should see feminism. Yeah. Below. Uh, 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 uh. That <laughs> was just, a... Just have that. That's that, good. There you go. That's a real fight, you laugh, have, beast recommendation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like anyway. that. All right. Well, you have a good there one. You hey, go. you go have a, a good lunch, hopefully. I hope that um, yep. whatever they buy for you was totally worth the effort. And thanks so much for joining us. Awesome. Thanks so much, you guys. All right. Talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Talk to you. See ya. Bye. I don't know how to Way start Way to go, this. Dane. <laughs> Yay, Dane. <laughs> he did it all for... Yeah. For, see... For other people. Right, yeah. Very selfless mm-hmm. of him. So Actually, nice. no, he did it for lunch. He did it for lunch, Men yeah. are highly motivated by food. Right. As we know. Anyway. Um, Speaking of... Uh, the Wilsons? Wilsons, yeah. Yeah. So, we just talked to Dane Wilson, and... A lot of you have been asking for us to talk about women's ministry for a long time. It's a subject that keeps coming up in book club. Yep. Um, and so we asked our friend and Dane's cousin. Isn't that kind of funny? Mm. <laughs> we talked to a lot of just very Moscow people today. So yep. we asked our friend Rachel to join us and have that conversation. So here we go. Okay, Rachel, let's just chat. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm not going to be fancy. I think everything so far has already been a really good podcast. Yeah, so. we're just going to keep all yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you and I have had this conversation before, and I wanted to bring joy into it, and also because we have so many listeners that are constantly asking this question, and I bet you probably have had a similar experience with your listeners. But we have a lot of women that want to talk about women's ministry. I think we have a lot of people involved in women's ministry. And I think that um, as women, we're, we are kind of, we want to solve problems, right? We want to help people. I think we're mm-hmm. naturally inclined towards that. And so I guess I just want to start off talking to both of you about 
what is women's ministry anyway? Ma'am. Can I throw I think that it's, <laughs> out Don't there? you think it's kind of a huge, I'm sure there's just a wildly enormous divergence of that. Right. Uh, you know, depending on kinds of churches. Right. Um, you know, different kinds of emphases. But I would say if we're talking like what I would think of as sort of a caricature of women's ministry, I would think it would be mainstream evangelical type churches who are doing what they think is expected because they want to do the right things, but not evaluating exactly like, why are we doing this? Or um, how can we tell if this is, how can we measure the fruit of this effort? Right. You know, like there's no standard right anywhere <laughs> right. Um, just so i guess the women are having never fun evaluated. right and it ends up just being kind of we do what we do and we call it by spiritual names sometimes you know <laughs> i'm not saying that spiritual work isn't happening right but because i think god is really gracious and uses uses christians who are doing all kinds of weird stuff to actually <laughs> uh-huh. further his kingdom you know like i don't have any I have no desire to be hard on women who are trying to serve the Lord right. in the community that they're in and they're throwing themselves into it. Right. I just would love to encourage people to like actually ask harder questions about what you're doing right. and why you're doing it and if it's biblical and if it's fruitful by biblical standards. Right. Well, and it seems to me a lot of times when this conversation comes up, the women have a lot of questions. It feels very like unmoored, almost like we've gone out to fly a kite and we're not sure which direction this is going. We know we sh- we know there should be a kite and we know it should be in the sky, but it's kind of going wherever the wind blows at the moment. Yeah. Um, yes. And that cannot be a great um, feeling to be trying to get something off the ground and for it to be so untethered. Um, and I have a lot of women who they're asking questions of a lot of other women. And so my question is, is why is this, should this be such a uh, single gender issue in the church? (laughs) Well, no, I don't think it should be. But I, as I have said, I feel like in other places to other people, just that there is no such thing as a, there's, there's one ministry of the church, and that's the ministry of the word and sacrament. That is to be a man preaching the word at the congregation. It is to be male shepherds, shepherding, you know, like right. who is responsible for that gathering. It's male shepherds. And then after that, it's the Lord's Supper, which should be administered by those shepherds. You know, like, so this should be something. So to say that there needs to be a separate ministry for women, a separate ministry of what? Like right. a ministry of the word? Like, well, hopefully you have a pastor, right? Like we're hoping that you're going to church. You're <laughs> right. hearing the word taught and, and not sacraments either. So it ends up filling in a totally other space that is like, no, this is like a ministry of fellowship and feelings. Right. right? right. And and I think at the worst possible manifestation of this is when pastors don't want to hurt the feelings of women in the church. So they defer actual hard teaching of the women to the women's ministry, but there's no way the women's ministry is going to be able to do that because the whole reason they exist in that circumstance is to protect the feelings of the women. 
like the whole reason they're even there is because the pastor won't say hard things to them. Right. You know, like, so why would the women then, you know, like nobody's going to, everyone's just going to sit around and, um, kind of try to encourage each other. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like right. we're all about encouragement, but not about what the ministry of the word, uh, actually is like in the life of a believer, which is, you know, convicting. Yeah. It's a sword. <laughs> like, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's actually dividing you, right. you know, it's actually doing a number like, like undoing you and, right. and rebuilding you into something different. And, and I think that that's not what typically happens in an all women's environment. Right. Um, and if it is happening, then that's a different problem. Like, why do you have to have a woman pastor for the woman church? Right. right, right. So a lot of times it seems like what you end up having when you have a women's ministry, obviously it's led by women. And then you kind of end up having this putting women in this weird position where it tends to be the stronger, more studied women kind of end up being the elder to the women. Mm -hmm. um, they kind of end up being, you know, the women go to this woman to understand the scriptures. Right. Um, as opposed and and they'll go to fuss about what the preacher said that might have right. bothered them. So then they'll take their hurt feelings to the, you know, obviously they, and they're not always called a woman pastor. They'll take their feelings, their hurt feelings to this woman who will then sometimes run interference for them with the pastor, right? Like you shouldn't have said that. Right. This upset the women, you know, like the right. women vote no on your recent sermon on submission. <laughs> um, right. It's, it's like a very weird, very weird thing. But I kind of, I have a theory that is untested. It's just a theory that I have. Uh, but I think that women's ministry started out healthy. I think it started out as a, like a women's auxiliary. Like mm. the women are going to get together to do the women's work. Right. right. So like we have a group of women cause we're going to knit socks for the soldiers or we're doing something <laughs> for the orphans or we're like at a time when domestic skill and work was still admired. Right. The women could gather and challenge each other in a different way. So it was like fellowship around work that was needed. Right. You know, but I think that as our society changed, this is, this is what I meant. It's a theory, but I think it's accurate. <laughs> but as our society changed to have that not be so essential, like kind of that uh, World War II era women, that was not as needed, right? right? Like we don't, because of the way the world works now, we don't need hand knit socks for our soldiers. Right. Um, and so with the kind of moving the work of women into more of an unnecessary category, like putting them in a place that's like, well, you know, we could always just have this event catered. Right, you know, you know, right. We could always do this. We don't need the women to all handle it. Right. And because of that, I think women kept gathering, but the only work was each other. Right. It's like we gather, but the thing that we're going to work on and turn our minds to is going to be just trying to minister to one another instead of ministering outward facing shoulder to shoulder as the women in the church, if that makes sense. Right. No, it does. And it also, it also very much aligns with um, something that Joy and I have talked about and I've seen you talk about, which is that uh, friendship and relationships are the most healthy when you are working side by side Do towards a, a common goal. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, Do something that's not you. Right. Yeah. When you're doing something, when you're working towards something, and obviously in this 
scenario uh, in all kinds of ways. We should be working towards the common good of the kingdom um, Mm -hmm. and for Christ and laying our lives down and doing that side by side. And um, you're right that I just don't every kind of women's quote unquote ministry that I have um, been a part of has had the positive you know, the positives, but it's also had that, that lack of, we're not really working together towards something. Um, Mm -hmm. and so. No, towards our own emotional wellness, right. (laughs) We're going to work together to all feel good. And the reality is, well, I have, okay. One thing that really bothers me, this is kind of changing the subject, except for, except for not too much. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) If you go to a women's ministry event, what's probably happening. Let's, let's say that there's a big size church. How many women in that church need to be on the committee to throw the women's luncheon? Right? Like how many, what percentage of the women need to be there? Like how many women need to give a talk, you know, encouraging the women? Like basically it's a tiny percentage of women in the church who are needed for that work. Does that make sense? Yes. And every other woman in the church is sometimes very guilt stricken that they're supposed to need it. Right. Like they don't want to come to this thing, you know, like if they're doing, if they're doing really well, right. If they're busy and industrious at home and they're working on all this stuff, it's like, I don't want to go do a big luncheon on a Saturday, you know, to, to do this, which is not, but then they're like guilt stricken, you know, because they're like, I, but this is my church body and I should want to be here. I should want to do this. And, and it's not because they don't love the other women. Right. Right. You know, but what happens is there's this bizarre dynamic of that five women in the church are called to the work of the gospel. You know, like five right. women in the church are called to serving the church body. Everybody else is called to be, be served. served. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you don't happen to be that woman in the church who had an obvious gifting with table settings. Right. You know, then you're not needed. Well, you're not really needed. <laughs> like, right. And it, and it, I absolutely understand why, if that's your view of what church women are for, mm-hmm. if you're thinking church women are for church women events, right? Right. Like, that's it. <laughs> and <laughs> then you end up with, of course, I, well, at least I think, of course, young girls who see no reason, they see no role for themselves in the church of course they are tempted by stupid feminist stuff right right like they are being put in a very weird inferior position right like your job is to come and desperately need to be encouraged right right and it's like well what if you're doing pretty good right what if i don't need (laughs) yeah what if what i don't need on a saturday is this tea that i'm being served and a message like (laughs) yeah right and i think it's i think what i the point that i really would love for people to think more about is the fact that within the biblical gender roles that are laid out in the church you know with women not preaching the word um but that there is more than enough kingdom work for women and it is glorious and it is fruitful and it will take, I mean, like we'll never see the end of it. You know, there's so much to do, but we somehow have created this weird illusion that the only people really doing it are men who are teaching, you know, like that we're not part of God's plan for building his kingdom. 
Right. And it's actually a super narrow view of what women should be doing, right? Because if you don't get to be mm-hmm. a part of that small percentage... And of course, the the other problem that sets up is that that small percentage of women that are serving the other women, you can't have a hundred percent of the women preparing the place settings like that. It doesn't right. It no, doesn't work just, that it way. Would be, it would be a major conflict monster, anyways. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I um, a couple of years ago, I had a chance to visit with Barbara Hughes. I don't know if you know Kent Hughes. Hughes. He's yeah. a pastor for many years at. Um, college church in Wheaton and he wrote I think Disciplines of a Godly Man anyways Barbara is a really dear sweet woman but the thing that she mentioned she started a big women's Bible study thing uh, at their church and she told me she said that if she could go back she would un she would change what they did and she said one of the things that we did not see on the horizon is that we took the most faithful women in the church you know, like the most um, that they were, you know, godly, faithful women. And they asked them to be Bible study leaders. Right. And she was like, and they they no longer had time to be practicing hospitality, to be doing like all the things that they were doing. They sort of traded it in to become sort of pastors because they were doing all this work with commentaries and, re- you know, like right. it was, uh, um, I think whatever Bible study program that was, it was a scholar it was a what's the word i'm looking for it was heavy on the like we're basically approaching this like we're seminary students yeah, it was very you know, academic like, yeah yes it's very academic so you took the women who should be the old you know the tightest two older women who should be teaching the younger women to love their homes and love their husbands and do all of these things they should be teaching them specifically women things but instead they became sort of the pastors of smaller churches these women and then when the women had a problem or a question or a concern they would take it to their bible study leader right you know like this is who i'm gonna bring it to so it was a weird way of accidentally like they never intended to do that they intended to honor the word but what accidentally happened is they you know got a little (laughs) got a little tangled up in there somewhere you know like stuff got a little um off mission somewhere in there and but I but I totally took her that warning to heart that it's very easy for women to drift right out of what is biblical and like what is a really biblical role for women to other women to to accidentally start usurping a role that is the pastor the the role of the pastor or the elders right well and at this point I, I think that like a devil's advocate question would be, so are you saying that women can't be privately explaining the word to other women? No, I think they can't. Of course, I don't think that there's a problem with women. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a problem with right. women talking <laughs> yes. about scripture <laughs> and, and doing that. But even so, sometimes people say, because I will, I speak to women, right? Because, and I would have no problem speaking to a co-ed room when I, and I have many times, but when, when the husbands come in with the, with their wives, my assumption is that this is a husband doing his due diligence to know who is influencing his wife. (laughs) Right. Like I would never say he can't listen to what I'm going to tell his wife. Right. Right. Like at no time would I think that this was that way, but I will be abundantly clear when I'm speaking that I'm speaking 
to women. Right. So what I'm saying the whole time, I'm not going to be like, and brothers, you know, or I will never be. <laughs> right. That's, that's not happening. I'm talking to the women and I don't care if a man happens to be sure. in the room, you know, when I'm doing that. But my point is her, her admonition was great because sometimes people will say to me, uh, what's that? Like you are preaching, you know, you are preaching on your Instagram platform, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you are preaching wherever. And it, and it has made me aware of the fact that like, I will tell people I would never preach to a room full of women. Like I'm not, fil- I'm not trying to step into that right. office. Right. Like, and it's totally appropriate for women to speak strongly about God and about scripture and about like, there's nothing wrong with women discussing things, you know, it's a different kind of an authority, you know, it's a different kind of a situation. And I think that that's why it can be very, um, I think that that is an early mistake of saying whatever women do amongst themselves is fine, where I actually think I would have concerns much further back. Like if a woman wanted to preach a sermon to a room full of women, Right. That right. would be, whoa, back. <laughs> you know, like, that's not what you should be doing. Even though it's not preaching with authority over men, it's sort of like uh, it is an inappropriate way of trying to usurp that authority. If that makes sense? Right. Yes. Well, and I also think it's important to, I, th- I think something that I've noticed is that uh, it women's ministry can it's just this is sort of like what you were talking about but a little different um where it kind of becomes like a women's only club it's like so this is specifically mm-hmm. a time set apart for me to be apart from my husband and i can like maybe <laughs> say little things about him or mm-hmm. you know or kind of mm-hmm. what stays in women's group stays in women's group so it's like there it's is like Vegas that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of, yeah. So yeah, when you there's... go to women's group, there's no rules. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, I think we could all, most of us anyway, could say that we've been to a group that was like that. Um, but yeah, so not, I, it's not only I have like to tell you this really quick because uh-huh. it's too on point. This is a direct quote that happened to me in my life once an older woman. I was quite young at the time and an older woman uh, from a different church just to be clear, this was not my church that this happened. <laughs> Got said, it. Rachel, I so wish you could have come with us on our retreat this weekend. She said, we were just able to just sit around and really share with one another how our husbands are not meeting our needs. No! Yes! No. Verbatim quote. No. And, I was, and at the time, I was even unmarried. So the, it's not like you can easily be like let me bring my marriage counsel to bear here but right. i'm pretty sure that my mouth was just wide open, wide open. like what like <laughs> did you just say that out loud like right. <laughs> anyway, oh my gosh that's wow. all, what i'm saying is that's a very real problem right like we're being vulnerable we're being real we're coming alongside of each other so authentic but actually we're gossiping yeah and disrespecting our husbands. Right. Yeah. The institution of the women's ministry sort of takes over, like you were saying, takes the place of the pastor. And then also mm-hmm. in this other weird way, it can, the institution <laughs> can take the place of like, oh, well, when I'm in the, women's what, ministry, Spirit, maybe? <laughs> well, when I'm in, when, when I'm in women's ministry, it's like my husband's there because the women's ministry is there. Right. It, but mm. if you're not being held accountable and you're gossiping rampantly, Right. doesn't exactly work mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not mm-hmm. exactly the ministry also, of the spirit i also had a woman tell me once 
in all seriousness, she was a leader of a women's ministry somewhere. And she was upset about something that I said. I don't remember what. I think it was Makes some. Sense. It was some. It was something <laughs> about where I was saying lies are not kind. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a context where I was saying it's not. It's not love to not tell the truth right. to someone. And she said that <laughs> I can't possibly quote this verbatim, but she was like, "No, when I work with women, I want the words to come." off of my lips like honey which i was like wait that isn't that the bad lady in proverbs yes. that, that, mm-hmm. like, i was like that's not actually what we're supposed to be aiming for is honey dripping off of our lips as we talk to the other like i was like right whoa super sketchy because it's super a snare. sketchy time yeah, yeah it's a it snare like, is what it is i'm pretty sure that's a seductress yes yeah. so right. i was like that kind of super makes me feel weird about your women's ministry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Taking things to the next level. Yeah. Of not good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. A Freudian but slip weird. if Freud yeah. was not so much of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you're right. It's like a, it's creating an alternate, um, like, you know, if you think of the church as being building a kingdom, you know, there, there are actually rules to our civilization, right? As we honor God and the way we're supposed to be working together, doing his work and whether we accidentally or intentionally defy those things, we're not in his will. Like this is not going to be fruitful, right? It's just not going to produce. And, you know, it's just the kind of thing that I think it's just important that we, that we don't do things because it has cultural momentum without actually evaluating you know, right. But is this really useful of us right. to be doing this? Right. Essentially. So how, how do yeah. we have a useful <laughs> women's ministry? What's the opposite of being useless in this <laughs> scenario? Right. Well, on my, um, uh, I, I sort of have been on our ladies fellowship steering committee for years. And I want to be clear on this just because we're talking about pitfalls that I'm in no way opposed to the ladies having a fellowship luncheon or facilitating things to have um, women meet other women that they could ask for, you know, like the whole concept of older women teaching the younger women does assume the facts that the younger women could locate an older woman to ask (laughs) about something. Like there, there has to be normal church opportunities. So I have no objection to uh, so much of what typically you know, is going on. Right. Uh, like, it's not like I'm trying to dismiss everything to raise a concern right. about it. So of course I've served on the women's ministry for a long time. Women's, we don't call it that. It's the ladies fellowship, uh, in our church. And for us over the last, let's say the last five years have been a really major shift with the most intense shift happening uh, three years ago when we started the Bible read challenge. So, but we had already gotten to this place where we were just not, um, you know, we have the steering committee getting together and I feel like sometimes events, if you've been, if you guys been on event planning committees before, Uh because sometimes events just get tired. Like you're like, but do we really want to do this? Like, do do people actually want to come to this event? Um, you know, it just feels like it's losing its momentum or whatever. So we were talking through, we were talking through our upcoming schedule, you know, like our year of stuff. And it was like that. It was like everybody was just kind of not feeling it. 
you right. know? And, um, and so we were kind of, I don't know. It was like, I think we kind of canceled some things cause we were like, I don't think we really need any Easter luncheon. Nobody feels like they have the time to pursue that or the time, you know, it's just kind of like, huh, <laughs> you know, like, well, all right, well, let's just skip it or whatever. Right. So we were having like the world's most duddy meeting anyways, <laughs> where everybody's like, well, do you think we ought to do something in May? And we're like, no, we're too busy. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was very funny. And in the, and then we had, we were supposed to decide on, we'd been doing these Bible studies that were book, um, like, like book groups or, you yeah. know, like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, book, book studies, studies yeah. whatever. Yeah. Sorry. And we were having this conversation about like, what do the ladies need? Right. Because what other question are you going to ask? We're trying to plan what books should we do with the ladies? So it's like, well, what do the ladies need? And something about that, that meeting combined with that question just made us, it was like, what are we even doing? You know, I'm like, why are we sitting around right. trying to think up a prescription for the problems that the ladies in our community might be having right. when we have God's word? <laughs> like right. When and why are we spending at the time we were also having a huge um, trouble. We have a lot of kids in our church community. Right. So the babysitting is a real live issue if the ladies are going to get together. <laughs> That's right. So. <laughs> A daytime babysitting thing is like death because all of the college kids are in school. All of the high school kids are in school. You can't have 75 toddlers and infants babysat by a couple seven-year-olds. Right. You know, yeah. There's just nothing. Um, and I think we realized that the it was sort of like maybe we just need to accept it that if this is being such a problem, right? that that's guidance from, from the, the Lord, Lord that we shouldn't. Right. That, yeah, that it was like that this is maybe not what we're supposed to be trying to figure out. Right. And so it sort of all came together for us to be like, why don't we take this as God's guidance that we're not supposed to plan events where we're taking care of, like where we're taking all the kids in the basement because right. we couldn't possibly figure it out logistically. <laughs> and and then that, and then, and then also why don't we stop thinking we all have to get together with a book to have fellowship and to grow spiritually? What if we read the Bible together and try to emphasize instead how you have everything that you need from wherever it is that you are doing your duties? You know what God called you to do at home with your children. You actually already have everything that you could ever need to be spiritually nourished. Right. Right. Like, like we, you don't need us running in with an on-topic book suggestion. Right. You know, like, if you're in the Word, we're, like, and so we, we shifted our emphasis. But that's a challenging, emphasis. what you're saying right there, I don't, I don't know that that is a general, generally held common belief. I, I don't feel that, that... you don't need us? Yeah, I don't, I feel <laughs> that... Well, where will we get our emotional support if we don't have a women's ministry? Well, and I feel that what people would hear in that is that what you're saying is women don't need discipleship. Women don't need the church. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that is what people hear (laughs) when, okay. Okay. But this is, this is what I would say in response. If we're going to be all arguing is that (laughs) discipleship isn't what you think it is. Right. Right. Like discipleship does not look like what you have imagined it to look like. And also women, of course they need the church. And one of the ways that they need the church is to be an active part of it. 
Right. right. They need to be a contributor. They don't, women don't need the entire, okay, somebody recently, I saw this somewhere on the internet, somebody <laughs> sharing a picture of a foster family. And it was a very bossy meme where it was explaining how the whole church is supposed to gather around the foster family. Okay. And it was like, and it was a very weird thing because it was like written by the person who wants this service right. from the church. Right. Do you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. it was this meme that has this whole circle of people gathered around and it's telling people that you're, so, you may not be supposed to foster a child by yourself, but you should definitely be mowing my lawn or giving me <laughs> gift cards or do it. Like it was basically all of my possible life responsibilities should be done by the church because right. I'm doing this. Right. Right. And that is very like, although it might not always come out that clearly, that's very typical of what people mean when they yeah. say you need the church. They mean you need the church to gather around you and make your job easier. Right. 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 They don't think you need the church to put your own problems in perspective to encourage you to work harder and to glorify God and to come up, you know, like right. they, they think of it in terms of only and, and part of the church's job absolutely is relieving burdens. Right. But one of the ways the church relieves burdens is by helping equip people to carry their own better. Right. Right. And it's and, a very modern like, mindset. We'll too. fix it. Right. It's a very modern it's mindset. It's entitled. It's super, super <laughs> entitled. <laughs> and it doesn't, I think, when we think of like our great heroes of the faith, you know what I mean? And all the all the ways that they didn't have things like women's ministry or special luncheons or things right. like that. And I think that we've forgotten what the word is supposed to do to us and with mm -hmm. us. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think I think you're absolutely right that essentially we have this thing set out before us and we've been given all that we need for life and godliness. And yet we neglect that in order to, you know, essentially have the book studies or the, you know, the extra. We just this don't that. prefer it. Right. We do not prefer the word to our own voices. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Just like, oh, that's not that's not my favorite. Right. It's not my favorite when <laughs> it's not my favorite when someone tells me to just read the Bible. You know, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't care for that. And well, I and I actually think, and then people actually don't care to give that counsel because they'd rather hear themselves meet the need. Right. You know what I mean? Like they'd rather yeah. hear themselves rush in. I have a good example of something I attribute to women's ministry. Uh, recently, I wrote an Instagram post about. Um, Oh, it's about that common phrase, don't minimize my pain. Yes. Right. That was part of yeah. that was what inspired me to write it. It was not all about that. But my point was, if you're maximizing Christ to someone that that can have a side effect of making them think you're minimizing their pain. Right. Because right. if you're saying, don't look at this, look to Christ. Right. It does make your pain pale in comparison. Right. So. Right. But it's not because you're coming in to say you're not having a trial, right? right? It's because you're pointing to Christ and sometimes people take offense at that. Yes. And my, the point of this post was, I thought the kind of, the kind of statement that every Christian can get on board with, right? Right. And yet I got so many messages and pushback from a whole bunch of women. And, and this is just my perception, but it was a, it seemed like a whole bunch of women all raising their hand at one time being like, 
no, wait, no, wait. I know the answer. That's wrong. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, no, 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 no. And don't, nope, wrong. Christians are not supposed to point to Christ. Right. And I'm looking at this like, can you possibly have said that out loud? Like, can you possibly have said no when someone's going through a horrible trial? Don't talk about Jesus. Right. And and yet that's exactly what they're saying. But the reason there's like a lot of stuff going on there. My assumption is that there's a whole lot of ladies who did a book study in their women's ministry that walked them through how you're not supposed to do that. How to talk to a grieving person or. (laughs) Yes. Like when someone's grieving, don't come in with a, you know, don't come in just with Bible verses. Right. You know, like don't even try telling me all things work together for good. You know, don't even come at me with that. Well, but they're what they're saying a person who's grieving needs is they're like, they need a shoulder to cry on and we need to weep with those who weep. Right. Now I have a lot of objections to this because on the one hand, I'm like, I don't know of a faithful Christian who could come alongside someone who's in a severe tragedy or a trial and talk about Christ right. in that moment and not be weeping with those who weep. Like right. how could you talk about our most closely held hope and our love and like everything we're all about at a time like that and not be weeping right like there's this idea that talking about christ is actually just weird academic information almost like you were gonna mouth off about your times tables like (laughs) like you know (laughs) like i was saying if someone's going through a tragedy make sure to come and give them a weird dry lecture on how to do long division (laughs) you know and they're like so like, that's the worst, Rachel. Don't do it. And, and But you're looking at it and you're thinking, why do they, why is that what we think it is? And it's the right. same thing with telling people to read the word is that we think that that's offering them the crust of bread right. compared to the feast. our own feast of excellence right. that we were going to brew up. Right. Um, so I think there's like a weird self-perception there. Right. You know what I mean? Like if I just... If I just riff on my own ideas, that will that will be way more spiritually nourishing to someone than if I actually quoted the Lord. Right. You know, like it's, right. it's amazing. Well, and I think what you're but doing, I think we, when you say that you're exposing, I think, thought processes that have gone unchallenged. And so I think that's part of. I think that's part of it is that the the status quo hasn't really been challenged in this area in a lot of ways. We've been handed down this. Well, it's very uncouth of us to be even talking about this. Right, right. Because it it will hurt people's feelings that we said anything negative at all, even in theory, about what women who may be intended well are doing. Right. And of course, that's not what we're... protected. It's a protected area. It's like a wetland. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very protected area. And I think it's easy um, for women to completely hear what we're not saying. Um, And then also this legacy that's been handed down to us has gone very unchallenged. We haven't taken a critical eye to, okay, what should this kind of ministry look like? And so I like what you're saying. You're, making it very simple um, with the Bible reading challenge, you're saying, well, we should be ministered to by the word. <laughs> like, this is how... Oh, fancy that. It's amazing. That. But, mm-hmm. And I do have to say, one of the things, like so much about the Bible reading challenge, I think I maybe even told you this on a podcast that I did with you about the Bible reading challenge a while ago. Um, 
but so many things I felt like it was at that meeting that we were having that I felt like it was just so much God's idea because I suggested it before I had even thought about what I was like it was like a thing where you're like why don't we you know and then <laughs> yeah. all of us looked at each other and we're like why yes why don't we do that right. but it was funny because it was not a, it was not you know I'm not saying I was speaking in tongues there. I'm just saying <laughs> that the that it was not my idea. If you know what I mean? Like right. you're like it just sort of all happened. Right. And and the unanimous everybody in that room being like, Yes. It was like mm-hmm. what I what we realized in retrospect is that we were not tired and we were not sick of serving the church and we were not none of those things. Right. It was a group of people who needed to believe that what we were doing was the right thing to be doing. Right. And not just muddling around, kind of hoping something helps someone. Right. You know what I mean? Like maybe in the long term, this Easter brunch will bless someone. You know what I mean? Like you don't know. <laughs> right. And, and we wanted that. We wanted a focal reason that we were even doing this. You know, like right. what is it? And, and we were, and I should say, just to be clear, we are in a church that was very well taught and in a church that has a pastor who's pastoring the women, which is part of why the women's ministry felt like a bunch of extra. Right. right? Like we're just kind of, we weren't knee deep in weird um, vulnerability groups, right? We were just <laughs> kind of like, that's not what was happening. Right. But, but it was such a relief to us. And as we pursued doing this, so we kind of switched the vision for the women's fellowship to be our entire vision is to encourage the women in the church to be in the word. Right. And that's it. So it's not that we're canceling hospitality or we're canceling these other things. We're by focusing on the word, our women's, our ladies fellowship has become so much more of a Titus two ministry than it was when we were just in essence trying to be a Titus two ministry. Right. That makes sense. So <laughs> yes. if you're, if you're like, well, what book should we do to encourage the women to love their children? Right. Or what book should we do to encourage the women to, you know, in their marriages or what should we do to talk about, you know, like where you're doing topics kind of like, how can we address right. these? Right. Well, when we put all of our focus on getting women into the word, suddenly, almost magically, you realize that all of those Titus two things are natural byproducts of women who are in the word and encouraging one another to be in the word. Like in that context, there are women being like, maybe I could open up my house for a discussion group, right? So like all of a sudden, because you're thinking, how can I encourage women to be in the word? Women are being more hospitable because they see their right. hospitality as a tool to further the gospel, right. right? Like, oh, I could have them over and we could, you know, we'll push this or then, or, um, you know, someone in the Facebook group will be like, just had a new baby and I'm totally overwhelmed. Well, all the women are a thousand percent Titus tooing up in there with like, what a blessing. What a sweet baby. Like, right. Try listening on audio. Like, right. I, you know, or like, you'll never regret this time you spend with that little. I mean, like, it's so much encouragement. Right. But it has a purpose. It's like to encourage that woman to stay in the word. Right. right. Like, and because of that, we're like, no, love your home and love your children and love your husband. You know, like be in the word. And it comes the rest of it all comes so naturally. Right. So give us your um, three minute pitch on the Bible reading challenge and why, you know, I said the big thing I think that we 
we would hear is that, um, you know, it's hard to keep up with the reading or there's guilt involved or women have a hard time. You know, you miss a couple days and then you just you can't handle just like you can't handle that. You, you can't do you the catch up. You miss a few days, so you just cancel it. Yeah. <laughs> What's the why? Why you miss a few days, so the Bible is no longer the inspired <laughs> word of God. It won't. It, it won't work for me anymore because I did not. I did not implement it in the right order. Right. How do yeah. we help women get out of that mindset? Okay, so that's a that's a big. That's kind of the heart the heart of the Bible reading challenge because our emphasis on the women's side of it is not, we are not trying to teach the word. We're trying to teach a love of the word, right? Like we're trying to, we're trying to encourage women to get in the word. So we talk a lot about the very practical side of what dumb obstacles keep you from the word and how can you think through that in such a way that you can strategically fight it and overcome it. Right. Right. So, so are you a perfectionist? We already talked about that. Um, and so we'll talk like part of the things that are built into the plan is like there are catch up days, but we also encourage people to come to the day's reading and read that with us as though it's food on the table. And um, we're not interested. Like if you're thinking I have, I'm 39. And if you think by the time I'm 80, I want to be far more of a understanding Bible reader who can't get through, you know, half a day without it. Like, that's what I want in the long run. Right. It's not about me getting through the plan this year without making a mistake. Right. right. The, the plan is 40 more years of faithfully coming back to the word. Right. It's not. And so we just try to help people with some of those really um, basic things. But the other thing is to, it has to be a little bit of tough love in it. Anybody who tells you they don't have time for it, just ask them to check their screen time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ouch. Right? Like, you right. have to be like, no, legitimately, you have go time. look. Right. You know, like, if you're telling me you had time to scroll through a bunch of fashion Instagram posts, right. but you don't have time to read the word of God, you like somebody has to say, look, that's stupid. You know, like, right. <laughs> like that's just not true. You're going to need to reevaluate. This. Right. It's just yeah, not you're true. Just, you have gotten yourself off the hook. So we do that time test um, because the summer challenge is the summer challenge starts June 1st, but it gets you through the New Testament in the summer. Right. And it's only it's four chapters, um, about four chapters a day. So we encourage people like go read a four chapter book of the Bible, like Second Timothy and just time yourself. Right. Like set a stopwatch. And read it like you would read a newspaper article or the back of a cereal box or an Instagram post. Just read it and time yourself. And I did this the other day because I needed to do it to make the meme, you know. Right. <laughs> I'm like, Second Timothy took me under four minutes to read four chapters. Right. With, with underlining a few things. You know, like it wasn't like I was loitering to read it that fast, but I was trying to read it you know, like just a straight through blast through. But my point is no Christian can persuade themselves that they can't possibly have four minutes a day. Right. Or five minutes a day to be reading the word of God. Right. And that's a very minimal amount of time. Like <laughs> that's kind of well, a ridiculous amount of time. Right. Minutes, right. If it takes you 15 minutes, you have the time, you know, if it takes you 30 minutes, you have the time. Right. right. My point is just that we lie to ourselves. Like there is a thing that you experience some kind of a time warp, like you think you've been really focused and on it 
you know, right. reading. And it and it's like three minutes and 47 <laughs> seconds. You're like, how? When you can so easily lose half hour chunks. Right. When you're not paying attention. Easily. But I yep. just assume, I just assume this is the work of the enemy who keeps us all from the word by actually really lame strategies. Like it's amazing the things that have kept people from reading the word. Right. Right. And it should be. And I think a lot of we need to be willing to take a look at that instead of uh, rejecting a willingness to look at that as some kind of form of piety of, you know, like, well, I don't want to guilt people. I don't want to make people feel bad. I really think that's a false piety where we should be willing to challenge each other to take a good hard look at how we spend our time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that we get to go around judging people for how they use their time but we have a (laughs) biblical standard here of how christians are to um pursue christ and bible reading is totally is an unmistakable uh part of that and i think what we have is a bunch of you know really starving christians who want encouragement and they want to grow Mm -hmm. and they haven't been no one's really said this to them Mm-hmm. Well, I think in our last, I think when I did a episode with you a long time ago, when we first kicked it off, I think I said this in the, in that, so I'm repeating myself here, but do it as someone who first ever got into scare quote ministry at all, like as I became a accidentally, you know, Christian encouragement author for mothers. Yeah. When that, when that happened, when I would occasionally speak to women or in a group or messages I got about my blog posts or whatever. From the very beginning, this has been a thing that I was self-conscious of. Like I would not blog because I felt like I owed people a block. I still behave that way with like Instagram or doing other stuff. Right. It's like I, I have duties that are here and if it doesn't naturally overflow, then I refuse to feel any guilt about that. Like, right. I'm not going to act like it's my job to try to encourage everyone every day. If that right. makes sense. Not my job. Yes. Not my burden, not my circus, not my monkeys, not right. what I'm going to do. But, and, but I would sometimes speak to a room of women where you would actually, you can feel it in the air that they care way too much what I might have to say. <laughs> right. And, and it would just make me feel just like, Oh, you know, one time I made a joke in a context like that where I was talking about principles and methods and I was like, don't like, you know, if someone is telling you this is the only way to make, you know, this is the only way that honors God to make taco meat, like whatever. Nobody laughs because they're all like ready to take a note about what is God's way to taco meat, right? Like, right. And, and you felt like, oh my word, if I told them all right now, they have to go on a smoothie diet. They like a bunch of them would be feeling guilty tomorrow. Right. Right. Like right. I could like, and I hate that. Like I, that is right. a, and I think it is unhealthy. Obviously I think yes. it's unhealthy. I think it's unhealthy for everyone in the room. Yes. I think it's unhealthy for what it invites of a speaker or right. a writer right. uh, to start acting like these are the people I must, I must feed you with my own idea. You know, it's terrible. It's <laughs> right. a horrible thing to do. Right. Um, and so for a long time, that's why I never, I was not really doing stuff on social media. Like I just was not because of this dynamic. Like right. that was a thing I avoided. Well, I think of it, if we talk about the table full of food, 
if you're a speaker or a blogger or a writer or even just an older woman in the church that the women come to, there is a temptation to think, why are all these people around my feet under the table? I should start throwing biscuits and stuff under there. Right. Right. Like mm-hmm. I should, I need to become a messier and messier eater. Right. So that everything that I am, you know, like I'm going to pass on every bit of conviction that the Holy Spirit gives me. I'm going to immediately dump out on the floor right. under the table right. for these ladies instead of saying, you know, that was the whole, that's the whole concept where we're saying, no, there is a place at this table for you. Right. Like, I want to enjoy table fellowship with you, not this weird dynamic. Right. Get right? up and like, eat. Get it. That was that no crumbs. Yeah. That yeah. Get up and eat. Get right. out from under the table. And also, I would say for any Christian influencers or speakers, don't be the messy eater. Right. You know, like, be the person who keeps drawing their attention to their own place at the table. <laughs> like, right get out of there, you know, like, come on up here. <laughs> right. And, uh, but I would say in doing that, that is that dynamic and the Bible reading challenge itself is what has freed me to be way, way more aggressive on social media because without, I, I view whatever I'm doing on social media as sort of a freeway on ramp to the Bible reading challenge. <laughs> like, right. So, so if someone messages me, like I saw your video I'm in a, I have a terrible marriage problem, you know, whatever, whatever. I'm not, I'm, I'm like, so glad you found that helpful. Are you in the Bible reading challenge? (laughs) Right. How about you join us? Let me send you the information. You know, like you need the fellowship of the saints, but it's not me. You need, you need the word word. and you need the other people who love the word. Like you don't need uh, someone to make themselves into the treatment plan. For right. you, you need people who constantly are talking about Christ, pointing to Christ, and such that the momentum is such that you can't not be drug along with that. <laughs> right. Like, this is where we're going, guys. And so I guess I would say that that's, that's been a huge shift for me because it is very freeing that you're not trying to bring people to, like, sit at your knees to hear you. <laughs> like, you're using whatever platform God gives you to try to get people to listen to him, you know what I mean? Like, right. come on, right. do something else with us. And anyways, that's been a fun side effect. Right. Do you have any other questions for her before? Not I really. Mean, yeah. Oh, this was great. I know. I feel like I didn't, I didn't say one thing that I would have thought I would have said, what which is, is that? I think we don't, we don't need women's ministry. We need the ministry of women. Right. Like we need okay. women who love the Lord ministering to the body. That's right. right. Like we need we need women who are so hungry for whatever Jesus says and turn it around into loving the whole church. Right. Right. And and that that is a wonderful thing because every woman in the church should be, can be, and ought to be involved in that ministry. Right. And there's no there's no level of like, well, are you good at public speaking? Like, well, <laughs> right. how right. it's like there is enough work for all of us to be serving God in the church. Right. And if there, I think that concept of we need a ministry of women, we need so many women working for doing kingdom work, then there is nobody that's like unneeded or left out or like, Hey, your job is to be our token needy person. You know, like right. Right. <laughs> the rest of us are going to, or think of ways to encourage you, right. you know, for the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> anyways, well, well, you know how it is. Yes, you you get more of what you subsidize, yeah. right? Like 
the more it becomes a big thing to be a struggling person mm-hmm. in the church, yep. the more that is the dynamic. Right. There's right? only and one the way to stop starving. And the more some ministry leader <laughs> gets all of her value and her own idea of everything out of how many people are miserable in the church that she's rushing around. Right. How You know, like, it's taking on burdens that you shouldn't be taking on. Right. It's a weird, like, women are weirdly drawn to, like, Stockholm Syndrome type things. (laughs) And I think the Bible reading challenge does keep us away from that. So tell us, if people are interested in the Bible reading challenge, where do they go? Um, BibleReading.ChristKirk.com has everything. Uh, I should just say we have... We provide the plans without our logo on the front. We totally invite you to put your own church's logo on it, whatever. Use it to invite people in your town or everywhere. You know, use right. it as an outreach of your own church. Right. And um, and that we we love that. Yeah. You're um, not waiting for any kickbacks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a very copyright free endeavor. Yeah. Nothing is for sale. There's no everything is very um grassroots everybody donates so everything that's done in the bible reading challenge is all donated time right by everyone you know it's just like right it's people who love the word and want to see christians in the word and also you know really want to see a reformation and revival <laughs> right like, really want to see what happens when christians are actually in the word in the word right which is so encouraging and that's that's the thing when i said earlier that that like there's no measure anywhere about whether what you're doing is fruitful right like that's one of the things is that everything we have done in the bible reading challenge has felt like i don't know it feels like some kind of a little lame offering that somehow turns into something incredible and fruitful but like literally every dumb thing we do the lord has just glorified and grown and done things you know where you just think (laughs) it's almost as if he wants Christians reading his word. Almost it's as like, if. <laughs> almost as if the Lord thinks this is a good idea. I mean, Imagine. It's, it's just, I know. It, the, the funny part is that this even was an idea. Right. Like, that's the part that's so funny. <laughs> what What if? I mean, follow me closely. What if we had Christians read the Bible? But, <laughs> but somehow, somehow it right. was. But I, I do want to reiterate that I know because I've talked to a lot of women who are in unhealthy women's ministry situations, but are themselves very faithful and floundering around for what are we going to do about this? Right. right? Because the women's ministry is getting all social justice or right. the women's ministry is like veering off the path or doing this. And I especially want to encourage those of you who are in those situations to consider using the Bible reading challenge as a, way to bypass all of those arguments, Mm -hmm. right? Like you don't need to argue about submission. You don't need to argue about all of these things. You just say, let's read the Bible. And it is an amazing, amazing line to draw in the sand. Right. Because because if someone's going to say, no, let's not, (laughs) there's that's really clear. Right. Right. Like something was just no exposed. Longer, that is no longer a confusing muddle of no of sincerity or what's going on here. If someone's like, no, you don't get it. I don't want us to read the Bible. <laughs> like, well, weirdly, I think that that's and I don't I don't know if I'd mentioned this to you, but since doing the Bible reading challenge, I've heard from a bunch of different women who have had 
the leaders of their women's ministry tell them that they may not invite the women to do it with them. Why? What do they say? Why? Because the women can't handle it. Right. Or they'll be, they'll feel too guilty or right. they're not ready for anything like this. <laughs> or uh, imagine keeping in, Christian women away from the word intentionally because you think it might be too much. Keeping Christian women away from other <laughs> Christian women who might be over exuberant about the word <laughs> and inviting them to read it. I mean, it's it's beyond silly, it's, right? Yes. It's just like, it's a caricature. what on earth? Right. Like, how did this happen to us? Right. Anyways, but the funny part about that in my mind is that that it's actually not rare wow. and so right. when i when i think of women i'm talking to the women who are in that situation the woman who wanted to invite the church right. and had the women's ministry put the kibosh on it those women who i'm guessing might be more likely to be your listeners <laughs> right. but those women i want to say this is an opportunity to fight to the death right and i what i mean by that is do not be cowed by right. someone who says, no, the women can't handle being invited to read the Bible. Like I absolutely, this, this is the place where, you know, you're standing on solid ground. Right. Like, no, we are actually are in favor of the Bible. Right. <laughs> we think it's a good thing. Right. And I think that I would just encourage you there to, if you can't reach out to other people to have them do it with you, do it yourself and make it such an obvious party that people like that you're saying you're welcome to join me but I'm doing it with or without you you know like this is this is what I'm doing and my guess is there are other faithful women that you didn't even know who would be really relieved right to see that right and would join you absolutely yes okay fight, the fight on that one I'm a big fan of <laughs> bible reading challenge as the okay corral of women's ministries yeah no it really is and I love I love I ask you to come on periodically because I want to there is you you are kind of like a wave that crashes on shore with the Bible reading challenge mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to keep inviting what are you, you. I'm on a timer <laughs> no I'm saying that you're very intense and and this is the right oh it's terrible it's the I'm right topic to make myself not walk all over while I'm talking to you because I can get way too worked up and then you'll be like why is she breathing hard? And it's because I'm like picking stuff up off the floor. You no, know, like, this, like, is, this is the right thing. House, I'm so excited. This is the right <laughs> place to be intense about. <laughs> and like, we need that. And I'm just, I'm super encouraged by it. So you guys can go join the Bible reading challenge, find the Bible reading challenge at Bible, Bible reading com. No, right now it's Bible reading Bible reading. Okay. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Trixie, Trixie. Cool. Well, thanks, That's Rachel. It. I'm glad yes. that you joined us. Yes. I I hope so many people jump in for the summer. I love, I think last summer we had probably at least 40,000 people That's read amazing. the New Testament together. That's amazing. That's cool. I just think, you know, there's got to be a lot of fruit from that that we'll never see. And that's right. just so exciting. It, yeah. You never know. The Lord is the one that ultimately turns the profit on oh, yeah. all of this. And that's so I encouraging. Expect, I don't expect for us to actually harvest that right. fruit. But right. but I love that God is so kind to us to let us be part of things that he is doing. It's just really it's so gracious. Exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me on. <laughs> Thanks for coming back, yeah. Rachel. Be careful as you're cl- picking up things off the floor. I know it gets a little <laughs> frantic over here when I start talking about things I care about. Got I know. <laughs> Simmer down. Simmer down. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. That was great. That was great. <laughs> As you guys know, we should just start doing our like exits, like 
if the person hangs up, we should just keep going. Just keep going. Instead of trying to do it later. I know. It's hard to do this way. Whatever. That was great. She talked about exactly what I was hoping she right. would talk oh, yeah. about. Yep. <laughs> so um, we're going to be doing the Bible reading challenge. I mean, I've been doing it for a couple of years and I loved the summer one. Just focusing on the New, on Testament. The New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Anyways, you guys, I don't have anything else to add for this week. Unless you do. You can leave us a voicemail number at 470-465-0475. Pay attention on theminternet.com for stuff coming up about our store that is opening up very soon. Very soon. Very soon. I promise. Yeah. Um, That's it for this week. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah.